simple steps to faith walk. Many people believe that being saved means that you have to give up everything you think is fun or that your life has to change overnight. Our faith walk is a journey that begins with a simple step. A personal journey to the best love affair you will ever experience. A love affair that focuses on relationship, not rules or criticisms. I want to break down this love affair through applying biblical principles in a practical way. So I invite you to take this walk with me and share it with anyone you want to experience a selfless, active, unconditional love. Join me in unlocking the simple steps. Hi, Pastor Chris. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I am great. So last week, uh, we started talking about love and what love really is. And of course, there was no better place to pull from than the one who created the concept of love and what it was intended to be. So for those of you that missed it, just go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, 48, and you can listen to last week's episode. So today, there's another very popular um, scripture that most of us know, and it's all about being unequally out. And wow. so today, I think we want to spend some time, PC, to talk about what does it mean to be unequally yoked. A lot of the time when we hear it, it's used in the context of marriage. Um, and oh. so... I want us to talk about whether unequally yoked only applies to marriage or does it apply to all of our relationships and what does it actually mean? Does it just mean people that are unbelievers or in a real context, does it also align with our values? Um, which of course also come from what we believe, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's talk about that PC. What does it mean to be unequally yoked? All right, well, let me read the scripture. Some people kind of know the first part, but there's, there's this line at the end that's very interesting. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, Be ye not, this is the King James, so it's the, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So he's kind of really talking to believers uh, about unbelievers, mm -hmm. even though it's a broader principle. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Then he says, and what, what kind of communion or relationship does light have with darkness? Uh, you know, he gives this idea that they, they clash, you know, they, they, they hit uh, righteousness and unrighteousness, how them going to mix, how light and darkness mix, light normally dispels darkness and, and so forth. Um, another version says, do not be bound together, right? So, so what it means to be unequally yoked, we don't talk about this yoke thing and, and, as a yoke, because especially if we're not in an agricultural society where, you're dealing with cows and ox and stuff, but it, it's the image is two big male cows, two big oxen, two big oxes, yeah, two oxen, right? They have this, this big wooden yoke on top of them, and it will be two of them side by side. And the goal is um, <clears throat> that they, they, they lock, they lock themselves to each other, and together they become one in movement, one in purpose. Right? So the whole idea, the only reason you're going to yoke together is to be locked in and to be moving in one direction, in one place, moving in one goal together. So, of course, the point is, why are you going to yoke with somebody that's not going where you're going? Why would you yoke, you know, blackness and darkness don't yoke. They're actually, you know, in conflict with each other. So um, he's saying, do not yoke yourself 
in relationship. You know, the, the, the reality for some of us is that, um, you know, I think he's talking about our more intimate relationships. I think he's talking about our, our, our deeper friendships, uh, the, the kind of company that we keep. Uh, you know, of course, it, it makes sense. You have acquaintances and you have people you hang out with every now and then. You do a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't do. Hang out with people you shouldn't be with. Um, as acquaintances that aren't like you, aren't really going in your direction. But more so, even more so, in your intimate relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage relationships, is a, marriage is a big deal. And in your deep friendships, your close friends and stuff, you're locked in and are you going somewhere? You know, the, um, there are four quick things. I can share four quick things about being yoked. Absolutely. Because, because, because here is a challenge, uh, because we have to think about these. Um, when you're locked into these two big, to, to the yoke, locked in together as one, a couple of things can be a problem. First of all, height, right? Uh, if, if one tall and one short, that, that's, not a, that's, a, that's a damaging yoke, okay? That can be damaging. It can kind of work, but it, it's damaging, one high one. Another one is the size, one big and one small, which would make the other one shorter as well. But generally, the bigness, it, it, it speaks of strength. So one is strong and one would be, you know, having to drag the other one and the other is weaker, so he pulling the other one back. Uh, another problem could be speed, right? For some reason, one is moving at a faster pace. One has it in them to move at a faster pace and or the other one just slow. The other one is a problem. The other one is hesitant. The other one is not ready uh, and so forth. And these are problems, but the biggest problem, uh, and we can break those down. We can talk about it again in a little while. Um, but, but the biggest one, which I think uh, Paul is talking to here, is the direction one. It is, you're locked in together, and if one going so, and the other going so, then eventually one is going to pull the other one in that direction. Or one is going to break the neck of the other one. Wow. So... It, 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 is a, it, it, it is a horrible thing. They, they would not unequally yoke oxen because one of them went dead or two of them went go the way of the stronger one, you know. Uh, so this, this the spiritual direction thing is really, really crazy, you know. Well, and, when you um, look at it from a practical perspective, I think a lot of mm-hmm. us don't even understand that a lot of the analogies in the Bible are actually practical analogies and not, very, you very know, practical. this overly this spiritual that we mm. we somehow um, understand it, even though it's it has a spiritual meaning. The, the practical side of it is is still very functional. So when you break it down like this, when you talk about two actual oxes, and you can picture mm. it in your head, you know, one being mm. taller or shorter, bigger or smaller, mm. um, pulling in two different directions, it really mm. brings to life in a in a meaningful way what it means to be unequally yoked. Yeah, and a lot of because a lot of people are feeling this way. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, of course, you know, the Bible gives us the, the, the imagery and it's so practical, but a lot of people realize that's why I feel this way. I feel like I'm dragging somebody along. You know, I feel like I'm strong and they're weaker. I feel like I'm going at a different pace. The worst one is I feel like I'm supposed to be going this way, but this person is taking me, me in another, another way, right? And I feel a breaking, I feel a tearing, you know, so p- people say things practical, like I feel like we have two different identities, and yeah. this is what Paul is saying. If you believe on them, don't believe. Uh, it's going to, it's not like, oh, you know, it's an, it, it, in eternity, that's when one may go heaven and one going to hell. But right here on earth, 
still different. One, you know, one identifies themselves as a as a child of God, the other just doesn't care. One says I'm right, just the other one says, you know, one says I have a purpose, I have to be a good person, I have to do these things, and I have these kinds of goals. And other person says, well, I just have them kind of goals there. So it is very practical and it's very, very real. We might like each other. To, to what we're talking about today is love. We might feel like we love. We might feel a crush. We might feel chemistry. We might feel a codependency. We might feel a connection. We might feel all these words that start with C, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 but there is a problem because before you know it, eventually issues start to surface because with non-believers, non-believers, they actually believe different about money. Yes. They believe different things about money. They believe different things about family. They believe different things about sex and when it's right to have sex and so They believe different things about how to raise children. They believe different things about how to behave in the relationship, what's most important, uh, and where to go, where not to go. It, it, there's, just, there's a lot of things. So you might love, you might like uh, the person a lot. You might love them, but if you are not both believing the same things, eventually somebody net going broke, right? Wow. Or one person is going to just lead the other person away to a place that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so, so it is a challenge. It is a, it is a big, 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 big problem. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something for us to think about in all of our mm-hmm. intimate relationships, all the relationships mm-hmm. that matter to us. Um, mm-hmm. So you talked about husband and wife, and um, mm-hmm. that's also something that I think we definitely need to touch on because a lot of us, you know, sometimes we get married before we find God, or sometimes we don't understand the importance of the principles that God has laid out for us in terms of choosing a partner. And, um, you know, somebody said to me the other day, sent me a, I posted a picture on Instagram that a woman was proposing to a man. And of course, there were comments under it. Some people thought it was great. And I said, no way on earth would that be me. My Bible tells me straight that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor mm. with the Lord. And I said, so if mm. me had a favor, then me not run down no man for propose to them. If right, he doesn't right. know what he has in me, then why would I be proposing to him? Mm. And so, I mean, my concept could be very wrong. And so... I want you to tell us, you know, uh, what does the Bible say about choosing a partner? Does a, can a woman choose her husband? Does he choose you? How do you then decide if that's a person? You know, uh, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, your scripture, my goodness, Proverbs 18, right, 22, is very, is very, very powerful and very, very clear. You know, the Bible has a paradigm that says uh, that the man must find the wife, you know, because he if he does, when he finds a good one, he gets favor. So a man must chase after favor, right? Um, and throughout the Bible, all of the all of the the other examples and you know stories in the Bible, you know, every example is a is an is a is an example of just a straight up the, the way it is done is that a man chooses. Okay, the man will even at times ask God to, to help him choose. Right? A man will ask his parents to help him choose or to go and arrange it. And so with a lot of arrangements, a lot of God-arranging relationships, a lot of parental arrangements, and then a man would ultimately be the one that's trying to arrange a thing. Right? 
Uh, so the Bible only has one paradigm, right? Uh, and here it clearly says that a woman really, it would be good if a woman sees herself as favor, pushes to be a good thing, uh, which is a, a favor, and um, sh- you know, offers that to whoever, to, to, some, to some eligible guys that are out there. You know, do you want favor in your life? You know, I preach about it. You can, I think some of, some of that stuff is online. Um, you know, the, we're talking about a woman is favor, you know, feminine, attractive, victorious, optimistic. You know what I mean? Reproductive, really productive. You know, and um, just to try and encourage women, women, you should be chased after. You know, you should be the prize. You know, God wants you to be set up uh, as the prize and as the, the as favor. Favor is, is something that makes life easy. It makes things easier. It, it gives more. Uh, favor is a reward. You know what I mean? Favor is like when you can't do something yourself, you get a miracle and it work out. You know, and a woman, woman, you, you, you are all of that. Uh, and you should be all of that for a man. You should be the one to make the man life easier. You should give the man more than he already had. You are his reward. So um, if you're a woman and you're listening, you should make a man run you down. You should make a man uh, chase after the favor. You know, you don't have to run away to, you don't have to run from him. Right. And uh, I think it's important for us to say that mm. even though we're saying the man chooses the woman, obviously the woman has a say in oh boy. whether or not. Of course, she, she has to say yes. Right. Yes, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man. Yeah, man. And mm. so there's a bigger component because when we talk about the man choosing the wife and the woman being the wife being favor, we also another scripture that causes lots of excitement when it comes up is about submission. And so, well, you can share the scripture with us, but when, when we think about submission, um, we don't often think about it in the context that God intended submission to be. And I have no problem submitting to a man that submits to God. Um, but, but a lot of us, you know, we hear this, this idea of submission and not understand the context in which God is telling us to submit to our husbands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let me read the scripture because it is kind of clear, yes. profoundly clear, uh, and, and also a little bit shocking <laughs> because sometimes that we only preach half of the message, right? Exactly. No, uh, so, and, and so like when I read it as a man, it hits me like I have some, I have more work to do than the woman does, you know? So women, listen to this. This is pretty, this is actually freeing. It's not something that, you know, you know, it's, it's actually good news. It says, wives, Ephesians 5, 22, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband, right? As you do to the Lord, submit. So the more you submit to God is the way you understand, right? Okay. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife. Just, if, just remember that he's the head, he's a leader, um, as Christ is the head of the church, right? And he gave his head, as a head of the church, his body, um, for which he's a savior, right? Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything, okay? So... Women submit to your wives, right? Now check this out. Here's here's where it gets exciting for women. Women submit to your um, husbands, <laughs> and right, and challenging for for men, right? Woman, what did I say? I said women. You said women wives submit, submit to their wives. <laughs> sorry, sorry, women submit to your husband. Lot of mercy. Come on now. Thanks for for correcting. Wait for it, ladies. Verse twenty five. Ready? Husbands, love your wives the same way Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. It must dead fair. Right? He must give up everything. He must be selfless. Verse 26. To make her holy, cleansing her, washing her through the word, presenting her as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, blemish uh, holy and blameless. Now, that's a big deal. 
huge responsibility. Right? It, husbands, love your wives. Love, love your wives. So, so the Bible doesn't tell women to submit to men out of the context of a man coming in a way where he can uh, love strongly and lead strongly. There's no other. So what I, th- what I know for a fact is that most women are strong of a woman as she can be independent. Uh, um, you know, uh, most women will jump at submitting to a man the way she submits to God, right? To a man that is loving in a way where I'm a dead fear, right? Uh, uh, you know, I like to say, some of you are looking for a man that will kill for you. You need to find a man that will die for you, right? A man that's selfless, a man that puts you first kind of a thing. Some woman loved, I mean, a man are dead for you, then you would have dead for him too, right? But also, it says that the man should be ahead, the man should be leading, right? And the man should be leading in a way where he is actually leading spiritually, washing you in the word, you know, leading you spiritually, uh, glorifying you, presenting you as radiant, you know, covering your faults, covering your blemishes and covering, presenting you as blameless to himself and to the world. No, that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm, I'm here sitting down thinking, man, I wish I could have found a man do that for me, right? But, but that's not the deal. The deal is that the woman gets that, right? The woman gets this leader. The woman gets this strong man that will love her the same way God loves his church, dies for his church, takes over the church. The problem, you know, um, Catherine, is that I'm not so sure uh, a lot of women are looking for a man like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't, they don't think about the implications then of finding a man that will uh, love them so much, uh, love them in a godly kind of a way, yes. love them in a way where he would die for them. Yes. You know, love them in a way where he's leading them spiritually. You know, it, it's, it is very important to, you know, as the men come and as the men find you, that you ask all the right questions. Do you, do you love God? You know, yes. um, you know, how will you love me? You know, do, do you know the word of God? Can you lead me spiritually? If not, then you're going to end up in something that you shouldn't, that you don't want to submit to. Right. Right. And that's a part of the challenge. So, uh, yeah, there, there's no submission outside of the paradigm of love. It's, 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 a, it's very hard to expect that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, from a woman if she's not being loved right. So, I mean, I'm talking to the men. Love strong, lead strong. Women rest in the submission uh, to a good man like that. Wow, this is a lot to unpack today, Pastor Chris. So It, it, it is a lot. It is. So we talked about being unequally yoked and the fact that it applies to all of our relationships. Are we, are we unequally yoked and what are the implications of that? You know, are we being pulled in a different direction? Is a person or the people in our lives are, are we at different levels? Is one high, is one low, is one big or small, weak or stronger, but you know, moving at a different pace, a faster pace or a slower pace from us or just totally moving in a different direction. You know, uh, we talked about (laughs) submission, this, this word that, that causes stir in every conversation that it comes up in because we use it out of context and we don't look at it in the full context of which it is to be explained. And so, yes, our wives, we must submit to our husbands, but we submit to our husbands who are 
loving strongly and leading strongly who are selfless and completely submitted to God. Um, because if he doesn't submit to God and if he doesn't love God, then how can he love us the way that we deserve mm-hmm. to be loved? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this definitely, Pastor Chris, has been um, a very insightful conversation. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation because we're going to do a deeper dive into dating and sex and all the things that, you know, are, are not talked about in church usually. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to next week. Any final words? No, I, I, I think I do want to say, listen, um, if you are not yet married, uh, what you want to do, you know, is you do want to ask all the right questions. You know, when I preach this, I said, you know, stick a fork in your relationship and see if it, see, see if it's about, you know, what, what do you mean? Uh, some of you are in relationships where you need to, you need to start saying things like, you need to start saying things like no, no to sin, no to sex. And see if that person will run well if you, right? That's all you see if you're unequally yoked. Say things like, let's go to church, right? Say things like, let's find accountability. Let's find, and say who run well. Say things like tithe and give, let, let's volunteer and them kind of things. That's when you know who is going to be with you, you know, yes. if you're a believer, you know, and you're serious about God, you need to, you need to test that relationship quickly, right? Uh, and you know, and really pray it through because some of you really, um, as sad as it is, some of you may have to let go of those relationships because it's only going to be a matter of time uh, before you get to a fork in the road that, that, that splits you. And you don't want to go too deep, you know. Uh, if, if you're married, right, uh, you know, there, do have to, there does have to be some power conversations where we can talk about, like, Let's get, you know, unequal. Let's make sure that we're equal, you know, um, in, in our yoking. Let's, let's get, let me help you get stronger. Let me help you grow up. Let me help you grow stronger. Let me, let's, let's work on our pace and let's work on our direction. Uh, but I do believe that wherever you find yourself now, if you find uh, some good pastoral covering, right, and, and tell them what your issue is and pray things through, uh, that hopefully you can get yourself in a, in a great place. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Okay, well, everybody, we look forward to you joining us next week for a juicy conversation. Thanks for joining us.